Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back. This is going to be for chapter 1 of Isaiah. Uh, before we get started, I want to read a little bit of a background to this. Isaiah means the Lord is salvation. Sixteen chapters are quoted in the Book of Mormon. Another 31 paraphrases in the Book of Mormon. The Savior challenged us to search the words of Isaiah, for they are great. Nephi told us in Second Nephi, Wherefore, hearken, O my people, which are of the house of Israel, and give ear unto my words, for because the words of Isaiah are not plain unto you, nevertheless they are plain unto all those that are filled with the spirit of prophecy. When the Savior visited the Nephites following his resurrection, he said regarding the writings of Isaiah, after quoting Isaiah 54, And now, behold, I say unto you, that ye ought to search these things. Yea, a commandment I give unto you, that ye search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. For surely he spake as touching all things concerning my people, which are of the house of Israel. Therefore it must needs be that he must speak also to the Gentiles. And all things that he spake have been and shall be, even according to the words which he spake. Bruce R. McConkie said, It just may be that my salvation, and yours also, does in fact depend upon our ability to understand the writings of Isaiah as fully and truly as Nephi understood them. So here are ten basic keys to be able to better understand Isaiah. And this is from uh, Elder McConkie. Pay the price in study and effort. Have the spirit of prophecy. Understand the manner of prophesying of the Jews. Become familiar with the geography of the Holy Land and regions surrounding it. Learn of the judgments of God and the fulfillment of his prophecies. Understand the historical setting of Isaiah's writings. Use the Book of Mormon. Study all scriptures and learn them thoroughly. Use the edition of the Bible published by the church. Isaiah is understood line upon line. Another thing to keep in mind is that Isaiah did not always speak in chronological order, so each chapter needs to be looked at carefully within its own historical context. According to Jewish authorities, Isaiah's father, Amaz, was the brother of Amaziah, the father of Uzziah, which would make Isaiah of royal lineage and a cousin of Uzziah, king of Judah. His ministry was between 742 and 700 B.C. The covenant people were not carrying out their mission to bless the nations of the earth and were resisting all of God's efforts to reclaim them. Chapter 1 is Israel's arraignment before God, a courtroom scene in which Israel is the accused and God is the prosecutor and the judge. Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28-30 to provide the covenant background for understanding all the book of Isaiah. He intermingled references to events of his own day with those of coming events that were to unfold in the future, using breathtaking sweeps that carry one from the distant past to the distant future and back again, often within the same passage. That's one of the challenges that we have with Isaiah, is that we're not sure if he's talking about his day, the time of the Savior, or our day. The preface to the book of Isaiah. Here can be seen elements of Israel's apostate, religious, I'm sorry, apostate, rebellious, and corrupt state with only a very small remnant remaining faithful. Because of apostasy and wickedness among the people, Isaiah encoded his prophecies so that only those with sufficient spiritual insight can understand Isaiah. Verse 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, 
angels stand as witnesses in this formal charge against Israel. And give ear, O earth, in other words, everybody, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, Israel, and they have rebelled against me. They have turned wicked and have broken their covenant. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, or stall, or manger. But Israel doth not know my people doth not consider. In other words, people are dumber than animals. At least animals know where they belong. Verse 4, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel. The use of the title Holy One of Israel was first used by Isaiah. He used it 39 times. It is used twice in Jeremiah and once in Ezekiel and three times in Psalms. The Book of Mormon uses it 39 times, only four of which are passages of Isaiah. We are to emulate the Savior, therefore we are supposed to be holy. Continuing verse 4, Unto anger they are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken, or smitten, or punished any more? Ye will, re- ye will revolt more and more. The whole head, or leaders, is sick, and the whole heart, or people, faint. They are diseased. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or squeezed out. That's the Hebrew. Neither bound up, neither mollified, or softened with ointment. They haven't even applied first aid. They have not started the repentance process, is what he's saying. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. And this is a prediction of the future. And the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge, or, i.e., a watchman's hut in a garden of cucumbers as a besieged city. Shade shack that will easily tumble over is what he's referring to here. Verse 9, Except the Lord of hosts had left us, left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Not everyone will be destroyed, is what he's saying. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. In other words, evil rulers. This also refers to wicked rulers today. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. What did the first presidency send out to all the people of the earth in 1995? The proclamation on the family. And then in 2020, the proclamation regarding the restoration of the gospel. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he-goats. They were worshiping outwardly, not inwardly. We are under the same condemnation today if our hearts aren't in our religious observances. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Who authorized you to be such hypocrites, is what he says. Verse 13, Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away or endure with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting, false worship. Your new moons, special rituals, and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. In other words, all the sacrifices and the uh, rituals that they're doing, although these were the law of Moses prescribed, because they're not doing it worthily, he's not accepting of them. Verse 15, And when ye spread forth your hands and pray, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. In other words, uh, or the Hebrew says bloods, i.e. bloodshed. Hypocritical use of religious services, they did not worship with full purpose of heart, turning their worship toward the Savior. Verse 16, even though Israel was, had, has broken their covenant, God invites them to return to him through repentance. He then tells them what they must do to be temple-worthy once again. Wash, baptism and partaking of the sacrament, ye make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, repent. 
Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment or justice. Be honest. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. In other words, give a just verdict to the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Isaiah offered Israel the chance to be healed. His remedies were simple. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Scarlet and crimson were colorfast dyes. They would be impossible to make white, except through the atonement of Christ. To produce wool, you have to shear the sheep, clean it with fuller's soap. It is a process, like repentance is a process. Verse 19, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. These imperatives apply to us today. Wash, make clean, put away, cease, learn, seek, relieve, vindicate, and plead. Boyd K. Packer said, The gospel teaches us that relief from torment and guilt can be earned through repentance. Save for those few who defect to perdition after having known a fullness, there is no habit, no addiction, no rebellion, no transgression, no offense exempted from the promise of complete forgiveness. Verse 20, But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. War and destruction await the nation that rejects the Lord. In uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 64, we read, Behold, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind, and the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land of Zion in in these last days, and the rebellious shall be cut off out of the land of Zion, and shall be sent away, and shall not inherit the land. Verse 21, How is the faithful city become an harlot? Jerusalem was God's wife. It was full of judgment or justice. Righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver is become dross, thy wine mixed with water. In other words, cheating, dishonesty, and corruption, you are polluted. Thy princes or rulers are rebellious and companions of thieves. Every one loveth gifts or bribes and followeth after rewards. They judge, do not do justice to, not to the, fa- not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. If society respected the rights of those who were most vulnerable, the society was good. And we can see how things are in our society too. Therefore saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. And I will turn or return my hand upon thee and purely purge away the dross and take away all thy tin. I will refine thee and I will restore thy judges as at the first and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment or Hebrew justice and her converts with righteousness. That's a message of hope. And the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. The prophet Joseph Smith said, Those who do not assist in the building of Zion are transgressors. So he's talking here about the second coming in verse 28. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks, i.e. teberent, terebinth trees and gardens used in idol worshiping which ye have desired and ye shall be confounded for the gardens that ye have chosen trees and gardens used in idol worship for ye shall be as an oak whose leaf fadeth and as a garden that hath no water in other words drought and destruction and the strong shall be as tow as a tuft of inflammable fibers tinder and the maker of it as a spark And they shall both burn together, and none shall quench them. Verses 24 to 31 are a prophecy of our day. He prophesies of two separate groups who will live in the last days, those who belong to Zion and those who belong to the community of wickedness. In the latter days, Zion will be restored, redeemed, and cleansed. Her dross and tin will be removed. Her righteous judges and counselors will be restored. And once again, Zion will be the faithful city, the city of righteousness. The text makes clear that it is the Lord's atoning sacrifice that will cleanse members of Zion. Those who 
who belong to the wicked community will be destroyed, consumed, ashamed, confounded, and burned. And that's the end of chapter one. I hope you got something out of that. Maybe a little more understanding of Isaiah. We'll come back. Come back for chapter two next time. See you. Bye.